There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. You're listening to U105 of the Best, our weekly roundup of the top chat, interviews and banter from Northern Ireland's best mix, U105. The big music news of the week was the release of Now and Then, a new song from the Beatles. Morris and Denise reviewed the Fab Four's return to the charts, as well as the cost of seeing Bruce Springsteen in Belfast next spring. The Beatles, new single. How strange. And last single. Now and then. What do you make of it? I'm thinking sort of Tom Petty vibes there. And I just thought a bit like the Heartbreakers a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I have heard that. So I need to listen a couple more times. Is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers like the Beatles or the other way around, do you think? That's sort of like guitar. I don't know. I I think the Beatles came first. Yeah, yeah, you know, the Beatles came first. Obviously, they are iconic. I've just noticed that that is outselling the rest of the top five combined over the weekend. It's going to be number one. It's going to be number one, yeah. And uh, it's starting to grow on me. I've heard it now probably maybe a dozen times. Uh And lots of clips of the melody. The melody's really nice. Yeah, it is. It's really haunting and nice. Yeah. But it's interesting how they, they put it all together. Talked about it last week actually so basically obviously the cassette, Yoko Ono had the cassette of John yeah. doing this demo just at the piano in the house one day and uh-huh. gave it to, did she give it to, did she give it to either George or, or Paul, I can't remember but then they had a crack at doing it back in 1994, 95 uh-huh. whenever they did the anthology thing that came out because they had two other songs, Real Love and, Fla- and uh, Like a Bird, you know that wouldn't it? Yes, how do you do that? Phrase a Bird uh-huh. and, uh, and they had that third song but they couldn't really do anything with it because the piano was just too intertwined with his vocal yeah. So they were able to get this new technology in the last wee while that can uncouple the vocal from the, oh, the piano, wow. yeah. clean it all up, make it all nice. Yes. And then they had an original guitar part that George Harrison put down uh-huh. back in 94 when they had a first go at it. And then obviously Paul and Ringo stuck their bits on it this time right? Et voila. But it's still Lennon, isn't it? It's still know? John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's now and then the Beatles. That's, I have to say it is definitely growing on me. And it looks like it's going to be number one. 120 quid plus booking fee for the boss tickets standing 120 quid 
hope you're well this morning. On the subject of the Bruce Springsteen tickets, uh, Morris, I would have loved to have gone and seen Bruce Springsteen, but I'm not paying 120 quid to stand in a field, says Mark in Lisburn. Okay. Well, he could sit in the grass. But it's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> he could sit in the grass. <laughs> you don't have to stand in the field, you can sit. As long as it's not absolutely bucket. I know. Well, it's May. <clears throat> so I'm trying to think, do we usually get a good week in May, don't we? Yeah, well, it's the month I went to see Ed's cheering and Boucher, and it was just, it just rained the whole time. Oh, so really? they got ponchos. So they were selling ponchos. So how, much did, how much did you pay for Sailor Twit uh, tickets? Oh, my goodness. It's definitely three tickets, 300 and something. Yeah, it's, so it's it was more, about that price? Yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think so. Say, 120 quid for a concert ticket of arguably one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. You know, think about what you're paying for other things. You know, uh, the, the price of everything's just, you know. It is, It'll yeah. cost you, you know, if you're buying... Not to annoy Michael, but if you're buying popcorn and coke and having you're on your cinema tickets, yeah. friend, there's three kids, so there's two kids. You know, you're talking 30, 40 quid there. You're right. I'm thinking Bon Jovi 2019 was 98 um, per ticket. So that would be roughly okay, 120. That would make sense. You know, yeah, yeah. He's one of the biggest stars in the world and he's not going to be touring maybe much longer. You'd have to think, yeah. you know, maybe. And you know, he's going to have all those hits and all those hours and he stays on stage for hours, doesn't he? He does so, give you value for money, yes. So value for money. Value for money, he's probably one of the the best uh, artists, I have yeah. to say. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, let me say, um, on the subject of the Beatles, says Gillian Elizabeth, my husband heard now and then last week and got very emotional. He's a big Lennon Beatles fan. He's, he can oh. play it on the guitar now. Uh, lovely song, I have to say. It is a lovely song, actually. Uh, 120 quid for Bruce. Tickets, I got tickets for the Human League for next December in Glasgow. Seats right at the very front. 60 quid, half the price, <laughs> says Andy and Carrick. And you get three people. Yeah. <laughs> so the debate on the cost of the Springsteen tickets rages on. Oh, it rages on. It rages on. Springsteen, 120 pounds. Ridiculous sting and Blondie are 60 in June and you get the both of them. Yeah, you do. See, it's it's not just simple one Bruce Springsteen versus Sting and Blondie versus... You know, there's there's huge costs involved. So, like, for example, the the Sting and Blondie is part of the Bellsonic concerts. So the stage is already there. So the stage is there, the venue's all set up and so it's just they're they're coming in, doing their thing and going. Springsteen, I'm going to guess, is the whole full moving production, you see. Yeah, the one from Dublin, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be a much bigger affair and it's a one-off thing and it's one night only and, yeah. you know, so it's uh, slightly different and then it's the number of people who are in the crew and the number of people who are in the musicians and the bands and all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. not quite as, as simple as one Bruce for <laughs> two human leagues or three saw doctors, but you know what I mean. But it is steep, like, you know. But, uh, but it is Bruce Springsteen, let's It is Bruce it. Springsteen, yes. You know, you can't put a price on some things. Exactly. As Primary 7 students get set to take their transfer test, Carlin and her bistro heads help one listener put together an inspirational playlist for their wee one. Do any of these songs make you want to run through brick walls? Let us know in the comments. Um, So hopefully you're enjoying your day, whatever you're up to. Um, I just feel brand new today with the weather that's gone down. Well, it's probably because I got a big hug from Big Sam. And because Rhonda downstairs gave me a lovely gift. And these things do lift your spirits, don't they? So my question to you today is, how do we lift the spirits of a young person going in for the transfer test? And they're stressed, I do. Not only the kids, but the parents too are all stressed out. 
It was a lot of pressure. Um, Danny, the worried mummy, was on earlier looking for um, some positive thinking. She's looking for some powerful tunes to play over the next week. Um, like I had the tiger and that sort of thing. So we here in the bistro, we like to work together, don't we? We've come together with a few tunes for your playlist, Danny, the mummy. For example, have you considered this? Right, Danny, you got to stick that on the playlist because that's a very um, inspirational, motivational tune, I think. Um, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Some quotes for you as well, if you wanted to add those in somewhere. Um, John Wooden says, Don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Yeah? There was something you go, I'm not really good at that. I'll just do what you're good at. Your best at it. Um, then Yoda says, Do or do not. There is no try. Because see, once you put that into the equation, and we all do it, I'm going to try. Well, no, you're not. Yeah, maybe you put try in that sentence, it's not going to happen. I'm going to try give up drinking. I'm going to try not eat the chocolate. I'm going to try stop smoking. You put try in there, it ain't going to happen. You do or you do not. Love that, Sam. And what else have we got? Now, you see, Kieran was in. Big Kieran says this should be on the list. You're simply the best. So, Tina Turner, the best should be on that list. What about Elbow and One Day Like This, says Jeff the Posty. Or... Don't worry, be happy. It's Bobby McFerrin did that. Um, other songs that you've suggested here, um, Kieran, this was on your list too. Just look them in the eyes and say, we're gonna do it anyway. Make movie magic. Gonna we're do it, it anyway. Something inside so strong. Stick that on the list, I think, Danny. Something inside so strong. A great tune by Labby Sifri. Any others that you want to add? Um, did I spot um, who was in there? Um, no name on it. Stick your name on it so we know who you are. But you did suggest John Farnham. It's a brilliant tune. That's a Megan good one. And I just met. That's a good one to um, get you motivated. Um, another quote for you by Edison If we all did the things that we are capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. That's true. Uh, Yeah. If we all did the things that we are capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. Motivational tunes, if you've got any, send them in. Danny, the mummy, is building a playlist for her kid who's doing the transfer test. And one final one that was sent in by Lisa. She said she is always inspired by this tune. I look into the window of my mind Reflections of the fears I know 
rather small and proud, Danny. Fire that on the list too. And one more quote for you. There is no substitute for hard work. We know that, don't we? Some other suggestions just coming in. I want to um, just give them to you, Danny, because I know you're building your playlist as we speak. Um, so other ones that came in to me there. Don't forget the Desiree song, You Gotta Be, which is great. Um, Dress for Success by Roxette. Um, Big Kieran sent that one as well. Um, what other one did you send in there? I thought it was a great one. Um, I always looked to Dr. Zeus at transfer test time says Pauline. And here she has it. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. Another one. If things start happening, don't worry. Don't do. Just go right along and you'll start happening too. And the other one. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. Doctors, this quotes there. Um, there are some really brilliant ones out there. Um, other songs that you suggested um, what was the other one that you um, sent in put Keisha on your list Danny by the way Danny sent a wee message there and she said thank you so much she says bless all of you for helping this is so great because sometimes you know the songs you can't remember the artist so you can't look them up so she says this will really help him I will be subliminally pumping this into his brain all week blasting these tunes around the house so a big thank you so thanks once again to the Bistro Heads you know what they're like I mean give them a challenge and they're right there Danny Johnny and Linda brought a bit of merriment to Thursday's drive show with their usual mix of random stories and experiences. Scary movies, breathing and doormats all go under the microscope in this week's clip. Johnny Hero here on U105 Drive. Special guest is our Linda. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> Special guest. Really trying to, yeah. I you know. know, I know. What's another way? By ever- the way, pardon. Yes. I went to the library. And I says, have you any books on pantomimes? Mm-hmm. And the girl says, they're behind you. I says, oh, no, they're not. <laughs> anyway. You've been waiting on me coming in. <laughs> yes. Uh, listen, I just wanted to talk about something really creepy. So I went to see Five Nights at Freddy's or yeah. whatever. It's very good, but it is creepy. It's creepy, scary, creepy. Creepy's worse than scary, I think, because scary, you can sort of leave at the door when you leave. And then there's creepy. Do you know, like, what's it about? I've never heard of it. Do you know, like, it. Chucky's creepy? Yeah, but I don't know. What is it? Is it it's, uh, it's based on a game. I never ever played those games, so I, I have no idea. But apparently it's based on a game from years ago. And it's um, and it's a film. And what is it? Like a Scooby-Doo mystery or something? <laughs> Actually, the right. guy who did Scooby-Doo is in it. <laughs> He's in it. So oh, it's really? about a young man who takes a job overnight as security. And um, these big animatronic things come to life but they don't have good intentions they're bad but it's a bit creepy you're, you're, you're not selling this no. you're making it sound like the worst film ever I know it does doesn't it it, sounds, it does sound pretty right. bad but it was It was, and, and I can understand why they didn't want young people because it was a wee bit creepy because it would put them off dolls and teddies and stuff right. like that okay. so. and the reason I had for saying that was because it was creepy and I know everybody's been talking for months about bed bugs now they're creepy See the link? 
either link? No. No? No, that's not anything like oh, that at all. No. I thought it was a tenuous no. link. It's a bit like if you were talking about legs and then piano legs. You know, there's no, a link. nothing. Nothing. Okay, well, anyway. And I don't know if that... I mean, again, this is one of those scare stories that appears in rags like the Daily Mail and all, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always they, they come up with this bed bugs are going to eat everybody alive and they're going to get sepsis and, <laughs> and then also and then people and then a month later people are going does anybody actually know anybody that suffered from this thing but you know? um, there was a report on the net and you know I uh, really a report do the net. yes no well, there was that's a report exactly what that, I'm saying that, there was a report that the, the the whole thing was blew up by the Russians mm-hmm. no these stories I mean and we're due we're actually due the the headlines in the papers that we're in for the worst winter since you know Adam was a wee lad. <laughs> Buy food to last you six months. Well, and everybody build an emergency bunker. No, they're, those they're all going to come out. Like I'm saying next week. Well, apparently the sales of bed bug washing doodads went through the roof. Yes, and nobody got bed bugs. Nobody no. had them. No, you know. No. Just again, these stories baffle me. And then the week after the the scare about the worst winter in living memory will be. Um, water's bad for you. Mm. You know, water makes your legs fall off. Mm. It'll be one of those things. Mm-hmm. Don't drink water. Mm-hmm. Don't breathe air. No. You know, you go bald if you breathe air. It's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then there's all, then they pull in these experts, you know, experts, some agent land scratching himself on the internet. I'm an expert. Oh, I'm hope, an expert. The, the Ask thing, me. But the thing is, see the breathing the air, it is bad for you from the minute you're born. The breathing of air is killing you. <sighs> That is true. Yes, well, life is one one long dying process. Like that you know, is, that is true. So, thank you. did I get something right? No, you did not. I, my I, head, think, I think I did. By the way, the instructions on a doormat. I don't know if I went through this with you. I might have mentioned it, right? On a doormat. There's a doormat. Mm. Now you would think. Why do you need instructions on mm. a doormat? Everybody knows what to do. You, you put it at your door and uh, you wipe your feet. Yes. Right. Well, I've got to give. Um, credit to, it's an American company called High Cotton. Mm-hmm. All right. And it says, there's a look, there's a big sign on the back of the doormat. This perfectly fine, if uh, certainly, uh, if not certainly adequate doormat, made in the USA from such and such, right? Important things you should know about your new doormat. Do not use your mat as a projectile. Sudden acceleration to dangerous <laughs> speeds may cause industry. <laughs> when using the mat, what do you hear? When using the mat, they'll follow the following directions. Put your right foot in, put your right foot out. Put your right foot in and shake it all about. <laughs> it doesn't say that, does it? It does. This mat is not designed to sustain weight excluding 12,000 pounds. 12,000 pounds. If the mat begins to smoke, seek shelter. If coffee spills on the mat, assume that it's very hot. Small particles trapped in the fibres may attract rodents and other vermin. Uh-huh. Do not glue, um, do not glue yourself to porous surfaces, right? Such as pregnant women, <laughs> pets, and heavy machinery. <laughs> uh. Mats should be kept out of reach of children diagnosed with CFED, compulsive fibre eating disorder. <laughs> do not tease the mat. <laughs> That would make me just buy things to read the, the advice labels. Do not tease the mat. Yeah, don't tease the mat. The mat's sitting going around. You're not looking as good as you were when we first cut you. No, no, don't tease the mat. doesn't mean you come in and then you, you pretend to wipe your feet on it and then go, ah, I'm not using you. Ah, you thought you were getting feet wipes today.
No, that's class. Uh, somebody had to actually sit and write like Yeah, that. write all that out. Oh, that is brilliant. Uh, that is. That is class. We sense of humour, you know. Because then you, you see the ones that are... Now and again, you'll see labels on the back of T-shirts. And, you know, instead of the, here's your washing instructions, mm-hmm. there'll be a wee label and it'll say, Help! I'm, be- <laughs> I'm being held captive in a T-shirt really? factory. <laughs> <laughs> So they must get a wee laugh now and again, you know. Print us out a couple of labels for the crack there, big lad. That's right, you know. I like that. I like that. Brenton says, uh, now you're telling me about breathing there, making you go baldy. I wondered what happened to my hair. That's it, it's her. And if your legs fall off, it's water. No, that's seriously, you could set your watch by the, mm. the different panics that the, the papers are going to launch. Mm. And the mail normally launches panics about foreigners, um, you know, immigrants, people taking our jobs, all of that. Mm-hmm. The Express isn't another institution, but they always go on about financial stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, everybody's house is getting taken off them mm-hmm. next week, all of that. And they're all just no foundation at all, you know. When but people have you, are you allowed to make things up? What? The, <laughs> I, have you ever read a newspaper? <laughs> read the newspaper. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I'm not going to mention certain papers, but I mean, some of them should just come with a packet of crayons. <laughs> if you've ever had a dream that featured Nicolas Cage being his weird and wonderful self, The Breakfast Show's movie review with Michael McAdam from Movie House Cinemas might just show you you're not alone. Me Thursday morning, movie morning. Michael McAdam from Movie House Cinemas. Good morning. Good morning, Maurice. Many we got this week. We got three new films hitting um, commercial cinemas across the province this week. The big of the big. Well, the, there are two larger titles, let's just say. The first of which is The Marvels coming in with a 12A certificate. It's, I think, number 33 in the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe franchise. We 33. Now, this one here, I have to say, there's a bit of speculation about it because it seems to be that maybe people are just beginning to get a wee bit tired, perhaps. Interesting thing about this film is that it's it's the shorter of all of the films because they're generally around about two, two and a half hours long and this one comes in with ads and trails, you're going to be out within the two hours, which is going to be good. And I, you know, I, I did have a look at, at the synopsis for the film. It's been described as wacky and fun, which is good. But when I started to look at the synopsis of it, believe me, I mean, I'm not even going to begin to tell you. If you love that kind of movie, the great thing about it is it is a 12A. And for so long, you know, we've been crying out for films that families can go together and young people can go and see. So it's a 12A. It's The Marbles. It's um, out in cinemas across the province this week. The second film this week... Stars Nicholas Cage. The film's called Dream Scenario. And um, I looked at this a few weeks ago when the booking um, decision came in for it. And I thought, goodness, this looks really, really weird. Because Nick Cage does, does some great films and he's a brilliant actor. But I mean, some of the titles and some of the kind of the, the, the themes of the films that he's in are a bit sane, a wee bit. Or, you know, he's not afraid to take on a difficult role. This is. An incredible one. It's um, Empire Online. They were just calling today silly, strange and very funny. So on that basis, the rough rundown of this film is he, Nick Cage plays a professor, Professor Matthews. He's middle-aged, he's married, he's got two kids. He's a regular Joe. For some reason, he starts appearing in people's dreams across the world. So he's sitting in a coffee shop and people say, I dreamt about you last night. And all of a sudden, this guy who 
who, who has generally had a low profile throughout his life, is now incredibly famous and he's really beginning to enjoy this fame until um, the dreams become nightmares and everything goes the opposite way. Right? I saw the trailer for this and actually looks interesting. Do you know what? And Nicolas Cage, it, it kind of just, the part just kind of suits him to the ground. You he know? Is, you know, I, I had to watch the, the trailer two or three times before I really began to warm to the whole thing. But it's opening up this week. It's a 15th certificate and uh, I must admit, I think it's going to be the big film this week. What's it called again? It's called Dream Scenario. Okay. And the last film this week is Michael Sheffield in uh, another horror film, The Jester, a 15th certificate. Um, more, more, ho- well, need I say more? Think of the, anything with the title The Jester in it set around Halloween has to be a type of movie that's going to be a horror. I'm going to tell you no more so about it's, that. So it's Cloud, or is that what it, it, under a different name, is that it? A primer, primer, yeah, yeah <laughs> like it's, it's, more, it's more of the same. The best way to do that is I give you the titles. Go and check the trailer out because that's going to tell you more than I could ever tell. But I want to finish this week with a, a documentary that's showing up in Queen's Film Theatre. Um, now, they're going on the limited shows this week, so I've actually picked it up for audiences in the North the Belfast. The document is called Stolen. It's a 12A and uh, and it's a story of the um, the mother and baby uh, 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 um, survivors um, it's, it's talking to, to to several of the of the girls, and, and you know it is shocking. We, we go back. I mean, the story's been told quite a lot of times. I mean, like from 1922 to 1998, I mean, 80,000 you know unmarried uh, girls you know worked in the in, in these mother and baby clubs, and it is, and um, it's really it was a, a, a pretty horrible time. And I just thought that you know even as I say, it's been playing well in Queens. Playing the cinemas across the country, I just thought that I would pick it up this week for people in the north of Belfast. So there you go. It's a 12A. It's called Stolen. And that's all the films for this week, Mars. Are you partial to a swear word here and there? On Friday's phone-in, Frank asked blogger Heather McClements if she was offended by the occasional curse word during conversations. Or if she just didn't give a flip. I'm talked out here waiting for Helen McClemens to come up on the line because there she is. Uh, Helen, swearing, is it ever excusable? Oh, I think so, Frank, please. Otherwise, I mean, I'm in a fairly bad state, aren't I? Because I, I would use profanities with some, you know, wild abandon. Although I have an important kind of caveat to add that I do think uh, as a generation certainly my generation, we tend to swear more often. And there is the worry that swearing will become such a ubiquitous part of general conversation that we'll forget when it is suitable to swear and where it is most definitely not. So as you know, I teach as well. So I have to make sure that even if children are being extremely annoying, or even more likely if staff are being extremely annoying or deadlines, that I don't drop a swear word anywhere in the vicinity of a child. Okay, so there's a golden rule. You should never swear in front of a child, right? But let's say let's say you're racing down the corridor and you slip on the wet marble and you bash your elbow on the cloakroom hanger yeah. and you go, oh, for goodness yeah. sake, do you yeah. get goodness out? Is that the word that comes out? Or do we hear an expletive? Um, well, I don't want to put myself in harm's way, Frank, but I have taught for a long time. And in the 20 years that I have taught, there may have been the odd word dropped. But there we lead on to an important point. If it is used in a way that is because of sheer desperation, a child will normally get that nuance, right? So they will see that as a judicious use of the swear word. 
and therefore they're not likely to go and say something and get you into bother. And I would say that is the same in my home because my small children have, or well, my children, they're not that small anymore, have most definitely heard me swear. But usually it is because I am very annoyed or stressed or it has been because something has gone wrong. So it's not a common part of your conversation. There are some people who can't get through two sentences without the F word being in the sentence. And the, yes, though, are, the, are those people just lacking intelligence? I don't think it's about intelligence at all. I think it's because it's become, as I say, so ubiquitous. It's just what you do. And there are many, it's what they do, because they also maybe want to add something to their conversation. And we swear for different reasons. I mean, I will swear if I'm very nervous. Um, I will will drop a swear word, will come out. I will also swear if I've drink taken, because it loosens the tongue, or maybe I think I'm being funny. And I certainly, in periods of my life where I've had great stress, I have sworn a lot more more often and even had a lovely discussion with a man of the cloth about this because I was, I was in a period of distress following a bereavement and I said to my vicar I said Alan my language is shocking at the minute flip me like I'm embarrassing myself and he said Helen sometimes there's nothing like a good fricative f word he said sometimes another word is not going to cut it and believe you me the big man upstairs will have no worries about that and I thought that was a very kind thing to say to me. And I also said that a tactic that he knew some people in the medical profession, and if they were having a really rough time, they would go down to the beach, grab a lot of stones, fire them into the water, and say, that is an effort stone. And they would throw it in and do a great big F word, hopefully where there weren't a lot of children or anyone to hear them, but to get it out of their system. So I am never going to come on the air and say that people should not swear, but I would advocate a more judicious use of it. And I would say that in very conservative Northern Ireland, because we are still very conservative, particularly women are judged very strongly in this. So we need to know when it is appropriate and when, when to be more cautious about our use of swearing. And swearing is very often associated with sex and it's also yes. associated with genitalia. And yes. As a result of that, it is incredibly demeaning in relation mm-hmm. to sometimes males, but very often to females. And, you know, we've made reference to the F word. It's yeah. unlikely that the stone throwers are going to go down and be getting the C word off their chest. No, the C word is a really tricky one, isn't it? Because there are no words for male genitalia that carry the vitriol that that word has. And what really distresses me about it is that it is weaponized, particularly on social media, as a way to speak very, very harshly and unkindly about women. And that is something definitely in this culture that happens. And it's a reason why I wouldn't tend to use it. As I'm not going to lie, Frank, I have used it. And I would usually use it in relation to listening to the news if I'm absolutely yeah. uh, up to high do about something. But, but just, on the, just on the male genitalia, people yes. often say there aren't, there aren't words comparable with the, the, the C word. But there's, there's the B word, you know, when you're describing people who are who you don't agree with or who you think yes. are very unpleasant people, you know, yes. he or she's a total B. And there's also yes. there's also the D word, you know, where yes. you, you say that that guy Person's is a complete a and utter D. You know, th- th- those are genitalia orientated 
yes. male put-downs, aren't they? They are, but I, I don't think they carry the same vitriol as the other one. And also in different... Remember I was on with you uh, the other day and I mentioned the Australian comedies that I really liked, The Let Down and Colin from Accounts. And they will often, well not often, but in a few episodes the C-bomb is dropped in them. And it may be in response to something unpleasant, but sometimes almost quite casually. So it's been, it's very worthwhile to be aware of cultural nuance in this. So you may hear it mentioned in another culture where it wouldn't have quite the same uh, vitriol attached to it. So just in case people are thinking, there's that Helen McClements one uh, recommending these programs that are desperately rude. And I'm speaking to Robert there, your producer, about a show called The Slap Set in Australia. And it was based on a novel. And one of the issues was it was laden with profanities. And the author in discussion on Radio 4 said, listen, no harm to you. That's just how most Australian people I know speak. So some cultures, I'm not saying that all Australians swear, you can have this conversation with Colin who works in the show, but he was making the point that really the, the segment of society, the people he was talking about, would use swearing more often. So to be aware that swearing is different in different places. Well, this is, you have to understand it, yes, and tone is hugely important. I've I given a, an example of something I said once on the radio when we were <coughs> giving away, excuse me, <coughs> gosh, another, cle- you, another clean shirt will do me. But we were uh, <laughs> gi- giving away uh, the, the, the U105 logoed bags on the radio, which are mm-hmm. directed towards the sporting fraternity. And these yeah. are bags which will hold, you know, your football, or your tennis ball, your cricket ball. So they, they hold a whole variety of, of balls. And I said on the, the radio, you know, you could win a ball bag. And that was... <laughs> Yeah, you see what I mean? That's what I said. But immediately, that is demeaning towards men. How dare you laugh at a ball bag? Oh, but Frank, it's kind of gentle. You know, I don't think it's terrible. Uh, Can I tell you something that I did as a young teacher? Um, Whenever I was younger, we'd have... In my little circle of friends, people would occasionally have been referred to as a scrote. And I didn't know what that meant. I just thought it was an annoying little person. Exactly. So I referred to some children as, uh, in fact, the whole class, to be honest with you. As a bunch of wee scrotes. I said, you're a bunch of scrotes, honestly. And one of the (laughs) fellows talked to me. I was teaching, but I didn't know, Frank. Like, I was wild innocent as a youngster. And one of them came up and he says, Miss, listen, do, do you know what scrope means? He says, it means an annoying little person, and you're being annoying right now, away, and let me get on with my work. And I told my friend at the time then, he says, jeepers, you know, they're all making fun of me. And he said, Helen, of course they're making fun of you. You're calling them all ball bags. <laughs> and I said, you're, oh, God, I was so embarrassed. Anyway, three of the wee girls bought me a gift for my holiday that year and wrote from your three favourite scrotes. <laughs> and, and they loved it. They, they always said it really endeared them to me. <laughs> but obviously there was no offence taken because sure, I was witless 
Not as, you know, not as innocent anymore, Frank. It's funny, isn't it? You know, a woman who goes to the vicar and explains that it's okay or asks is it okay to use the F word when throwing stones into the lake um, didn't realise that she was insulting the little dotes that she was teaching. All 30 of them. All 30 of them. It's, it's a reminder to us all, I think, to be more careful, to try our best not to use expletives because there are many people who are offended by it. And there are those who will argue, well, you know, if you, it's your, it's, it's you who is offended. It's not me that means any offence. So yeah. therefore, I should be able to use my tongue as I wish, as long as I'm not in any way visiting hate upon you. And yeah. expletives don't mean hate. They just, they're, they're linked to expression. However, I would still be of the mindset that it's better to get through life without using them, especially if you're in broadcasting, because there are a whole series of words that I am not allowed to use. Yeah, but I, I don't like to be too censorious about this. I, I definitely think we are on to something, as in, in a place of work, you mind yourself. And also, I hate the lack of control that comes with it. So say if I go past somebody, somebody was having an argument, but that was peppered with real profanity and real big words. I was trying to like maybe go past. I, that, would, that would show, I would feel afraid. I would be like, <gasps> okay, that, that's a different level. And I think certainly around children, that's not all. But certainly when I write my blogs, I will use various swear words. And part of that's for humour. And another part of it is I want to really be me. I want when I'm writing that the people know what I am feeling. And if I do want to use some swear words, it's because I'm feeling very strongly about something. And maybe I do. I, I find it can be very humorous too. So like you'd have no problem. Back to. Yeah, I'm just wondering which swear words you put in print. Uh, how far do you uh, go well, in the, print? Well, the F word has appeared, uh, not all the time, not very often. The mothership hates it. Oh, my goodness. In fact, I've put up a wee link on my Instagram to one that she had read and given off about. Language of the gutter. These words will lose their potency if you use them. Letting yourself down a bucketful. Those are all the words that the mothership says uh, in response to my language. But... Um, Certainly the S-H-I-T-E word would be one of my favourites, just whenever one is dealing with the troubles of the day. You know, all this sort of yeah, stuff but that goes on in the periphery but builds up. Yeah, that's just something about that word. When you put a knee on the end of it, mm-hmm. to me it isn't as bad. You know, you can be a wee, <laughs> you can be a wee S-H-I-T-E. You know, there, there's yeah. many a person I've worked with who's a wee S-H-I-T-E. But to leave the... <laughs> Yeah, but if you leave the E off the end of it, there's uh-huh. just it's it's a crueler word if it's not diluted. But that is if so you know what I mean. Interesting, because that's a very Irish thing, isn't it? We would use, you know, you'd hear that word used in, in Irish comedy. But if you were in France, they used the word merde, merde, and that, and they use it all the time. Fragrant use of that word, uh, which is the one without the E. And for them, it doesn't come loaded with that same cruelness, as you've just mentioned. And certainly whenever I went to France, I was very surprised at language that they would have used in the staff room, very generally. Um, Some very, very humorous phrases, like they would speak, just since we were on the topic of sort of sexual issues there, I once heard one person being described as mal and that suggested that she hadn't got a render away in quite some time and it would be better for everyone concerned if she did because she'd be a lot more uh, or a lot less uptight. 
Dear, but oh this dear. Word so th- that's, that's, that's French for she needs a good seeing to, which is derogatory, isn't it? Of course it is. And I had heard it used in relation to men as well. So not let, not let get into the gender discussion about that. But uh, she was a piece of work, though. I think she needed more than a, a good seeing to, really. Um, but... It was funny the way I don't think we would ever just say that in the staff room in Northern Ireland. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. We want to keep it clean. Keep it. Keep it clean. I'm just wondering: Does the e word added in give enough of a bounce to it that it is acceptable? The most obvious example is with Father Ted. You know when they go. Girls, feck! You know, it's it's absolutely okay to feck your way through life as long as you yeah. don't say the wrong thing. But I wonder if that is why I do swear quite a bit. Because I was a very, very churchy wee girl, right? And then I remember being introduced to Father Ted and suddenly finding great liberation to this, where these were people related in some ways to the church, and it was a vicar, I wouldn't watch it, because I thought it was so blasphemous, and there was a vicar one night in the Church of Ireland, and he stood up and he said, here, um, I heard the church uh, being taken to task, and you know, don't we just deserve it? And I thought, oh, there we go, free card, I can watch Father Ted. And because there was something quite gentle about the swearing, and it was very much humorous, I thought, maybe this is okay. Uh, mind you, not not growing up in the Esplanade, I was certainly chastised for using any bad language. But um, I remember feeling great relief. And in Northern Ireland society, as tense as it was, I was growing up in the in the eighties and nineties. Um, just bringing that wee bit of humour in was very very welcome indeed. Yeah, this is understandable. You also seem to have a very liberal vicar who's encouraging people to throw an odd stone into the lake, let the F word go, and indeed, when you're doing nothing on a Sunday night, make sure you watch Father Dead. Thanks for listening to this week's U105 of the Best. Enjoy more of this sort of thing every weekday on FM, on DAB, on the U105 app, on your smart speaker, and on U105.com.